Kale and Company, weekday mornings, 6 till 10. It's Kale and Company, 7.01. I gave that song 18 seconds to breathe. <laughs> Hopefully all of you out there that were tracking are appeased. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Keep the comments coming. Oh, man. It. We're not always going to listen to you, but I, you yeah. know, this is a... This is a community radio station. Yep. We are the most community radio station on the dial. That is correct. I, I don't know if that's a thing, but it is to Well, me. the Kalen Company comment community. There you go. 855-839-1210. You can tweet us. You can message us on YouTube. Send smoke signals. Postal <laughs> office. Whatever you want to do. Just communicate with us and just listen. You know, I, don't, I don't even care if you communicate. Just listen. You know, it's funny. I I was I brought the you know the long form bumper music yeah. to this radio station like like twenty years ago. Yeah, and it's just it was a thing I just started doing because yeah. I liked it. Consultants yeah. consultants hate it. Oh, they I, the program director at the time was just like, <laughs> what song is that? Yeah. I'm like I'm like I don't know. It's uh, Led Zeppelin. They're like they're get like, back oh, to your uh, content. Okay, get back to the content. They like, tuned in. Right. They tuned in to hear the host. Yeah, okay. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> Uh, all right, Jamal, Jamal Bowman gets uh, censured. We'll get to that story, and uh, I'll give you the details of the CNN two uh, GOP presidential primary debates that will be happening in early and mid-January, coming up here in just a couple of minutes. Also, a great thing has come out, a great study, an extensive study that does show masks for children in schools had zero impact we will give you the details and the findings coming up in a little bit also one squad dem is now calling for the voting age to be dropped to 16 and uh miss presley from massachusetts also wants convicted felons sitting in the can to be able to vote you know i was thinking maybe my daughters could vote too at nine years old they know a lot about politics so they can vote as well what the heck 16 oh my god God. i'm gonna destroy that i'll tell you why coming up in just a little bit but let's get to the news we have a lot of it round number two at 703 the great dawn stensland and good morning this friday morning december the 8th we are at 35 degrees right now feels like 29 out there clear but i'll tell you when the warm-up begins in the forecast and we are sponsored this morning in kale and company news live by joseph anthony retreat spa and salon in montgomery county a school bus aide accused of choking a six-year-old little boy is now facing serious charges this is 72 year old macarthur wilson facing these charges this announcement from um, authorities as they say that police received a call from parents who said their six-year-old son had gotten off the school bus in Montgomery County. This is in the suburbs, Montgomery Township, Pennsylvania, visibly upset with marks all over his neck. The boy telling his parents and this that the school aide had put his hands around his neck and choked him. Wow. So this start is... kicking some serious ass. Yeah, that's how she felt. Wow. What's up with all these bus drivers that are triggered lately? <sighs> Ohio to Montgomery County. So this is Lansdale, Montgomery okay. County, yep. and now charged, uh, police have made the arrest, charged this gentleman with uh, strangulation, attempted simple assault, reckless endangerment, and so he had turned himself into police, and his preliminary hearing is for January 9th. Mm. On, on, on a serious Oosh. note, think think about the temperament that you do have to have as a bus driver and i know it's like oh here's nick talking about today's generation being rowdy like we were all jerks on the bus throwing things yelling screaming i i hated riding the bus but 
you know, it's amazing when I think back about it, how, how disciplined those bus drivers were to, to not go off and curse at you, much less, you know, put their hands around your neck and strangle you. Yeah. And in this case, you wonder, because we hear about it in the news, but mm-hmm. now they have, and in this case, police pointed out surveillance cameras capture the incident. Right. And it's a thankless job, too. And it's, yeah. it's usually people that are maybe retired. Now, granted, there are some you know bus drivers probably in their 30s or 40s, but I feel like bus drivers typically are 50, 60, something, maybe 70. And your, your job is to get the somebody else's children from point A to point B safely. It's a thankless job. And I tell you what, I, I don't have the patience for it. There's, there's no way I could ever do it. Oh, we put our bus driver through hell. I know. Oh, my God. I feel if it, I'm sure he's long since dead because he was, he was about seven years old at the time. But, uh, uh, you know, to that person, I apologize. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mr. Jones, for throwing that unopened can of soda. I don't even know what his name was. We just, we should just call him Mr. Bus Driver. Mr. Bus Driver. <laughs> Mr. Bus Driver. <laughs> it reminds me of Leonard Skinner because yeah. that was the janitor's name at the school. It was, yep. It's like so cool. Yeah. Uh, we have police in Philadelphia searching and warnings going out about this. Watch out for the machete man. Yeah, this is going on in Philadelphia. This machete-wielding biker responsible for a series of attacks on a popular walking trail. So Philadelphia police and suburban police putting this warning out, saying the victims described this attacker as a thinly built man in a hoodie riding a black or dark colored bicycle. And the first one happened November 22nd. These have been going on for weeks now. And there's a lot of concern here, victims surviving it. But one of the victims said that they were riding their bicycle along Pennypack Trail. This is in the Northeast, in Northeast Philadelphia. Suspect came up from behind and started hacking this indiv- this victim several times with a machete. Who the who the heck rides around on a bike with a machete? Like, oh my god! We got a lot of angry people. We do, and I mean, I'm looking. I just uh, wanted to make sure I could remember what a machete looks like from a visual standpoint. I just uh, duck duck goat imaged it. I mean, it. it you got to have like a long kind of like a thing to slide it into. It's not something I think you can just keep like in the. Like your pocket, you can't yeah. put it like in your waistline of like sweatpants because you could end up hacking off your kneecap. I mean, it's probably it's got to be uh, eighteen inches long. Yeah, and it's it's for like let's say you have bamboo, invasive bamboo that's yeah. in your yard or something, yeah. and you want to hack away at it or something, so you can buy them in Home Depot or right. whatever. It's not a steak knife. Jeez. Jeez. So the victim suffering, you know. Uh, wounds to their arms and their hands, obviously because they're defensive kind of wounds. But this this has been going on. They're putting out the warnings. And again, saying if you're a runner, let's say, um, which a lot of people, you know, we see the runners out earlier in the morning. These were happening all all times of day, though. But And this guy has been attacking women and men, apparently. Uh, so they're saying just be aware, and when you wear your earbuds, this is part of the problem. You don't hear somebody approaching you. Mm-hmm. So they're saying maybe wear one earbud, yep. you know, so that you can be aware of your surroundings. If somebody's coming up from behind you, you know, you just want to be aware and maybe avoid them. Yeah, and Jeez. obviously the the, the 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 issue here is not the, the citizens with earbuds, it's the guy with the machete, but... It is. It does make you wonder. There's a lot of people that just walk through society detached from their surroundings. Like to your point, 
I mean, at the grocery store, you know, walking down the sidewalk on Market Street here, you always see people with their Bluetooth things and their Apple earbuds in. Um, and I'm not blaming people for that, but, you know, it would probably, probably would be in your favor if those things were out and you're in a situation like that. Odds are you might notice something coming a lot quicker. Yes, well said. We've been watching the, uh, well, we're on uh, Liz Liz Watch or McGill Watch. I don't know what we can call it, but this is the president, Liz McGill of UPenn, who is facing intense pressure following following uh, many calls nationwide and even from Governor Josh Shapiro. If you missed Nick Kale's big take, you it's a must-watch and must-listen. But this is the University of Pennsylvania's Board of Trustees holding that emergency meeting yesterday. The powerful Wharton Board of Advisors that leads the university's prominent business school and many famous alums like DJT. Trump's one of the many alums from that. But they're calling for a leadership change at the university. As school president Liz McGill faces scathing criticism over what she said at that House hearing, congressional hearing earlier this week so we've been talking about it this morning so i know i believe that they are scheduling another meeting oh uh, yes they've they've that's the that's the rumbling now is it today is it over the weekend yeah as as uh, somebody who uh you know is in management here when they when they have two meetings it's never a good thing <laughs> <laughs> one meeting okay maybe you can you know uh let yeah. everything go yeah. but two meetings nope can can confirm yeah <laughs> and we do have a conviction. It's a, a stunning. I think that it was stunning as the jury read the verdicts. Former Philadelphia labor leader John Doherty, Johnny Doc, as he's known, John Doherty, and his co-defendant convicted of using more than six hundred fifty thousand dollars in union funds for personal use. Doherty is sixty-three years old led Local 98 of the IBEW International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers for nearly 30 years, convicted of conspiracy, embezzlement, dozens of other charges by the jury after this months-long trial. And it's the second conviction federal prosecutors have secured against the long, powerful figure. Sentencing is scheduled for mid-March, but remember, Doherty still faces a third federal trial upcoming he was leaving the courthouse, said he disagreed with the verdict. Apparently, the lawyer, the attorneys, the defense attorneys for both his co-defendant, Brian Burroughs, and Doherty, say that they are planning appeals, an mm. appeals process. Okay. So they're saying that uh, this is this is too much, and they they seemed to be stunned by the level of, you know, by most of the counts. I think they did not convict, the jury did not convict on maybe... A handful, less than a handful of, they were acquitted them, I think, three counts. Hmm. So 60 counts. Wow. <laughs> this was a stunning defeat yep. uh, for these for these gentlemen in court facing that. And that really brings us to Hunter Biden. That was, uh, you know, breaking news last night. A lot of reaction has happened since then. Yep. As we know that out in California, I know you'll talk about this, so I'll just headline it. Uh, Hunter Biden, it's a tax evasion charge and nine counts out in California. But notable here is that there's nothing still about those FARA charges. Mm-hmm. And that's what Steve Bannon had gone to prison for, because yeah. pretty much if it's a FARA charge, boom, yep. it's an automatic 
it's like Monopoly, the go to jail. Right. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Yeah. Uh, speaking of dollars, Hunter yes, Biden dodged $1.4 in taxes, and he faces up to 17 years. I don't think he'll serve any time, but $1.4 million in taxes. Yet he's out there living it up with uh, drugs, escorts, exotic cars. Tell you what, my guy lived a hell of a living hell of a life, isn't he? <laughs> well, you know what? He, they're not accusing him of cheating. On his taxes. They, in other words, he actually, because I'm sure you guys at some point in your lives, you know, before you're married, you know, strippers are a write-off. <laughs> Come on. Doctor, <laughs> I can tell you right now, as somebody that was with my uh, wife starting at 18, I uh, I never got to live the strip club life. <laughs> it's a void in my life. It's a, cha- it's a chapter I never pursued. I'll look back on my uh, my Man. deathbed wondering where I went wrong. Yeah. You missed out. <laughs> I, I never got a chance to make it rain, Don. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> make it rain. <laughs> Whew. Uh, there's so much happening. I know we'll talk about we're watching for these financial numbers to come out today. New jobs numbers um, expected. There's a lot of uh, consumer news, financial news. We've got all that covered and a lot of health news, medical news that is out there as well. But we got to talk about our sponsor and thank them. Joseph Anthony Retreat Spa and Salon. Secret to finishing your holiday shopping Three locations, Glen Mills, Springfield, Center City, Lowe's Hotel. Just visit in person or always online, josephanthony.com, where gift cards are always available, josephanthony.com. The forecast, AccuWeather forecast this morning, so mild going into the weekend. We're looking at for our first full day of Hanukkah today, 52 degrees. Sunshine will be abundant tomorrow for your Saturday. Definitely the better day in total because we have a nice mild day, 54 degrees. The sun will be out, partly sunny, partly cloudy day for your Saturday. Sunday is the one to watch. 64 degrees is the high. We start out dry, and the showers come in softly, but we will have a an intense, stormy evening. So the question is the timing here, but we, we could see 50-plus mile-an-hour winds with that Alberta clipper okay. on Sunday. So really watching that crazy could be violent storms moving through with a lot of showers so sunday evening the one to watch and then monday the storms blow out no precipitation but the high in the mid 40s so that 20 degree change is coming kale company news live all right dawn thank you very much uh here's what we have coming up we know we have a cut sheet at 7:45. uh between the next two segments we're going to get through the next two debates will sloppy make the cut we'll get to that uh and then also we have to get to this ridiculous idea of lowering the voting age and being able to vote from jail those two stories before the cut sheet and then we'll get to the mask study on children post cut sheet it's all still ahead Kalen company talk radio 1210 wpht you've heard me talk about what a crock and they're delicious ready-made meals if you're you know a really busy parent <clears throat> or just plain busy i always say you're gonna love what a crock seriously they bailed me out twice this week i told you about the fact that david loves the the chicken parm meatballs they're delicious and they're huge they're like the size of my fist just delicious. These are ready-made meals. I put a meal in my slow cooker in the morning, run around all day, and when we come home for dinner, it's waiting, just simmering. Unlike most meal kit companies, there is no prep required, and that's what I love about it. The cleanup is a breeze. It's literally as simple as dropping a meal right into your slow cooker, and boom, dinner is done. They Last time, you can also order those liners 
like a really neat liner that lines your slow cooker, and that's part of it. You just take that out, and so you don't even have to to clean that out. It's one. It's a beautiful thing. Whatacrock.com, they have this huge menu, more than 50 different meals to try from classics like the old-fashioned pot roast, the chicken Alfredo, to new favorites like I talked about, the stuffed chicken parm meatballs, the honey garlic chicken with veggies. Um, this weekend, I'm going to be making one of their different chilies. They have so many, I think seven or eight different kinds of delicious, hearty chili, whether you want the vegan or whether you want something that's hearty with beef. But last night, for the first time, we tried the um, pulled pork in kind of a sweet and sour barbecue. It was it was awesome. By the time Larry came down, because he was napping, he came down and he was like, who ate all the... David like ate a, the, the entire slow cooker practically. It was like, so they were like fighting over the last bits of it. It's, it's so delicious and there's so much in there. No subscription, no commitment required. So you can just order exactly what you want whenever you want. And by the way, great gift. They ship nationally. Make sure... You use promo code WPHT at checkout. You get $10 off. Whatacrock.com. 10 bucks off for WPHT is your code. Whatacrock.com. Tell them Dawn sent you. This is the Kale and Company podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and on the free Odyssey app. Hard to believe it's been many months now since the Bend to the Shore bike ride. Yeah, I know. And you're probably saying, Nick Kale, why would you randomly just say that? Well, coming up in studio this morning at 9.30, Families Behind the Badge Children's Foundation will be in studio with us. You might recall the names, Mark O'Connor and Stephanie Mack, as they will be telling us about their fourth annual Andy Chan holiday block party, which is coming up on Friday, December 15th, a week from today. So, Looking forward to that, and uh, if my bike trainer, Dave Madden, is listening, no, I do not plan on training in January, so don't bother me with it. It's going to be way too cold, and I don't need seven months to prove how great I am again. I I okay. kind of put my foot in my mouth at the end of the summer, and I said I would do this with you. Yeah, you're in this year, year pal. Yeah, yep. We'll get there. We'll, mi- we'll, we'll finish. Oh, we'll head to the casino. Back. We'll play some roulette. We'll have a couple of cocktails. My lower back. Yeah, hurts. <laughs> yeah. Is somebody saying something about a back I can't. I'm not put, uh, he needs a he needs a treatment at Joseph Anthony Retreat Spa and Salon so well, he can help us back. Well, all right. I'll, I'll, yeah. Since since uh, since Dawn wants to speak up here, yeah. Uh oh, sassy I'll, pants. I'll do it if you want to do. it. Oh my god! Come on. Yeah, Dorenzo can do it as well. Yeah, he'll yes. end, he'll end a, up on crutches. As a show, we must do it. Yeah, it'll be fine. Okay, what's the date? I have no idea. I don't even know what the date is uh, for something coming up in January for my own life. <laughs> I haven't even gotten to July yet. Well, how about, I will go, to, I, Anthony actually sent us all the December 15th event. Uh-huh. So I will go to that. Yeah. It's next Friday. It's block next, party. Not, so not today. It's a week from today. That's right. Seven days from today. And they have some VIP. I know you're going to talk about it. They yep. have some nice VIP things. They do. Yeah. We'll talk with uh, Mark and Stephanie. They'll join us in studio for a little bit at 930 this morning. So... Will they make the cut, and what will it look like? Yesterday, news coming out. We gave you the ratings for the fourth GOP primary debate. They have fallen substantially from about 12.8 million to 9.5 million. Third debate was 7.5. This was 4.1 million. How low will it be in January on CNN? Well, we will find out because CNN will now 
host two more Republican presidential primary debates next month in Iowa and New Hampshire, states that obviously hold the first contest in the race for the GOP nomination. They announced that yesterday on their network. Uh, the first debate will take place on January 10th at Drake University in Des Moines, Iowa, less than a week before Iowa caucus goers weigh in on the Republican presidential race. And then 11 days later, the second debate will be January 21st uh, at a small little college in Goffstown, New Hampshire. Now, to qualify for participation in the Iowa debate, candidates must receive at least 10% in three separate national and or Iowa polls of Republican caucus goers or primary voters that meet CNN standards for reporting. That according to the network. One of the three polls must be an approved CNN poll of likely Iowa Republican caucus goers. So here's my question for we're trying to, you know, weeding out the field. We know we're down to four. We have DeSantis, Haley, Ramaswamy, and Christie. I have not seen, and if you guys have, please let me know, or if anybody on Twitter or anybody listening has, I have not seen three polls that show Chris Christie in double digits or remotely close to my knowledge. And we try to give you as many polls as possible as we bob and weave throughout a show and spend a few moments trying to make sense of them. I want to say I've seen one on Vivek when he was like around 12% when like he was, this had to be about two months ago, but I don't know that Chris Christie is going to qualify. So what we saw a few nights ago with sloppy to the rescue of Nikki, that might've been his lasting moment, swan song moment Mm -hmm, on a given night. So we have four. Will we have less than four come January 10th? I'm guessing it's a distinct possibility. Um, former President Donald Trump, former governors of North Carolina, uh, South Carolina, Nikki Haley, and Ron DeSantis have hit 10% in at least three qualifying polls, according to CNN, including one of likely caucus goers in Iowa. DeSantis said Thursday in a post on X he is looking forward to debating in Iowa. Now, I'm going to presume that Trump will not participate in this one, so that would leave us, according to CNN, Nikki Haley. And Ron DeSantis, we would have basically a one-on-one battle for an hour and a half to two hours, which might actually be really painful if you think about it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I could take those two. Debates. Because at least Vivek was giving us entertainment value. Yeah. At least Christie came well, back and said, oh, you're an obnoxious blowhard. Well, let me just say this to you, Nick. If you if substance is what you want, the two of them going back and that's forth, true. that's what you're going to get. You're not going to get a lot of cheap shots. I mean, there'll be some. Mm-hmm. Uh, but without Vivek and Chris Christie on the stage, you're not going to get any cheap shots. I, I, I've got to imagine, and for, I think for the most part, now, now DeSantis has banged back at people and he's exchanged barbs, but he hasn't really had major soundbite moments other than the Newsom debate where he talked about Gavin's in-laws relocating from California to Florida. But if you are about getting down to business, nuts and bolts, policy, deep dives, I would think that this is in DeSantis's wheelhouse. I think this is probably also, I think Nikki's probably got to be somewhat relieved. If Vivek doesn't make the cut, and I don't think that he will, um, he she doesn't have to worry about the guy that's been on the attack going after her re- relentlessly. So if you want people that are going to just kind of get down to what truly matters for the everyday American, I think at least on the surface, this feels like the cup of tea for you. A couple of things. Chris Christie mentioned in this last debate that he has this upcoming book 
coming out in early in in January of 2024. Mm-hmm. So this is this was his book tour. Okay, <laughs> this yeah. was his book free yeah, book right. tour. You're totally right. Right? Yes. And so that's what that was. And then second of all, the Vake was on with Laura Ingram last night. But well, what I, show was he not on? That's the more important question. But this I have was interesting. Okay, you do yes. because seven forty-five. I'm going to tease that for you. Okay. She had. I was amazed by her take, and she feels like Nikki Haley. She had some some things to say about Nikki Haley mm-hmm. that surprised me. But in that, what Vivek says, he gives a timeline, and it lets you know in his thoughts okay. where he's looking mm-hmm. within the next, yep. you know, so it's, I'll just tease it that way. But it was a very telling interview, yeah. and I actually was riveted by it. Okay. 855-839-1210 to climb in. Um, I think if you're DeSantis, you've got to start feeling relatively good about I know polls are polls and the polls might not be reflective of his performance lately but he had a good showing against Gavin Newsom he had a good showing this week against Christy Haley and Ramaswamy and if we weed out the field a month from now uh, one month and two days from now in Iowa where he already has the endorsement of the Iowa governor and again Iowa not a big deal we know that um, but he's going to bang his chest for it he's got to be uh, feeling pretty good as he gets ready to go up against Nikki Haley, which I would think he feels like he's in his wheelhouse now where he can kind of drill down on what makes him a policy champion. All right, we will come back. Um, Ayanna Presley, one of the squad uh, squad, uh, Democrats from Massachusetts, uh, had some absurd comments. Um, the The Democrats are so desperate now for their dwindling base, people leaving the party, that they want 16 year olds and they want felons to be able to vote. But would the felons actually vote Democrat? We'll explain on the other side. 855-839-1210, the number. But first, let me tell you about my friends at Wawa, because they have two great ways to help you shop efficiently this holiday season. First up, if you're shopping from home or maybe the office, you know, it's cold out. I get it. Just don't tell your boss you're doing holiday shopping. But you might want to go with the digital route. Just check out Wawa.com. You can pick out one of their festive gift card designs. Enter the card amount and write a simple message. You can choose to have your Wawa gift card show up in somebody's inbox instantly or schedule it to arrive just at the right moment. Buy a digital gift card today and give the gift of Wawa to somebody you love. But if you like going out and about and being a part of the hustle and the bustle, you'll find gift cards at your local Wawa store for the Wawa fan in your life. And for the fans of other brands like Amazon or Roblox, just grab one for your boss, your favorite aunt or uncle, and make anybody's season bright in one Wawa run. Happy holidays from Wawa, your one-stop gift card shop. See store for details. It's Kale and Company On Demand from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the free Odyssey app. What's on the cut sheet in just about 10 minutes? Nick Dawn and Greg. Get us on the free Odyssey app. Watch us live on YouTube. And a shout-out to... um, Santo on Twitter this morning. Yeah. Who is listening to Kale and Company while he is 52,000 feet up in the air. What? How is that possible? I didn't know planes go that high. <laughs> I thought it was at 29, 30,000? 35,000. 35? That's what I thought, yeah. So he's up at 52,000 feet. Wow. Might be like a Chinese spy balloon he's in. I don't know. I mean, I would. Th- that's awesome. That is. That is amazing. Hopefully he's got his phone in airplane mode. Yeah. <laughs> he 
<laughs> We're officially in the Mile High Club. That's correct. Wow, Dawn. See, Very nice. So thank you, Santo. Very we nice. appreciate all of that. So it's obviously a sign of desperation for Dems, and I guess having dead people vote for you is not enough, so you need to expand your base. Uh, Ayanna Presley, squad member, Democrat from Massachusetts, is now calling for incarcerated citizens to vote in federal elections. While referencing her support, she also would like to permit individuals as young as 16 years of age to be able to cast a ballot. Let's take a listen to this clip. Uh, This was Ms. Presley just a day or two ago with this ridiculous idea. Listen and watch. Our bill is a reflection of bold, progressive, democratic values. Because with Republicans and the Supreme Court stopping at nothing to undermine voting rights and to exclude black and brown folks from participating in our democracy, we must do we must be just as relentless in protecting and expanding access to the ballot box, including for incarcerated citizens. Now, this week, we mark 68 years since Rosa Parks was bold enough to remain in her seat. And despite what history books may tell us, well, and and the banning on books is a conversation for another day, uh, but despite what history books may tell us and the news may report, The civil rights movement did not begin and end with Rosa taking a seat, John crossing a bridge, and Martin leading a march. We are still in the civil rights movement, and Jim Crow is not behind us. Jim Crow is not behind us when state legislatures and extremist courts act daily to disenfranchise us and to silence our votes. Jim Crow is not behind us when bills like the John Lewis Voting Rights Act are not the law of the land. And Jim Crow is not behind us when the former occupant of the White House can lead a violent insurrection and still run for president while nearly five million citizens can have a criminal record and not even cast a ballot. Jim Crow is not behind us. Our democracy is on the line and the stakes could not be higher. As a Boston City Councilor prior to my time here in Congress, I was proud to advocate for expanded access to the ballot box, requiring ballots be made available in multiple languages, expanding early voting in local elections. And in Congress, I led efforts efforts and legislation to lower the federal voting age to 16 and urge the DOJ to aggressively protect voting rights and to fight against voter suppression. So I have been... And I will continue to fight for voting rights for everyone. All right, so Presley says Jim Crow is not behind us. Apparently she missed a memo where Major League Baseball is bringing the All-Star game back to Georgia in two summers because Jim Crow apparently disappeared, right? Uh, Remember the whole facade with the voting restrictions in Georgia, which, by the way, and I always like to reiterate this, uh, it is harder to vote in the state of New York than it is the state of Georgia. So uh, we can officially stop talking about this Jim Crow ridiculousness. Uh, She also pointed out those that are incarcerated uh, according to the Sentencing Project, a nonpartisan research group, in 2022, approximately 4.6 million people were unable to vote due to a felony conviction. So when I saw her uh, talking about this, I, I immediately wanted to just obliterate all, all of her points. So let, let's start with this. Let's start with the voting concept uh, at the age of 16. 
We know that the science, the data has told us that people don't have their brains completely formed until they're 25 or 26 years old. Um, you have to be 18 years old to enlist in the military. You have to be 18 to buy a pet. You have to be 18 to get a tattoo. You have to be 18 to buy a lottery ticket. To enter into any contract, you have to be 18 years old. To, be, um, to buy alcohol and tobacco, 21 years old. To adopt a child, 21. To purchase weed from a dispensary, 21. To gamble at a casino, 21. But we're going to allow people to vote at 16. Uh, Stalker, I know you've said it many times, and I, I think you're kind of serious when you say it about raising the age. Like, at 18, let's be honest, most of us don't have a stinking idea about what's going on in this country politically. Well, let me just say, let me just say this, that as long as you can be enlisted in the military at 18, you should have the right to vote at 18. Yeah. I, I, I thoroughly believe that. I agree to that. But however, however, I... Uh, we can't make the voting age younger because I think that even at 18, you have no idea. Right. No idea what's going on in the world. Right. You're not paying taxes. You're not like this is just this is you have no skin in the game. Mm -hmm. You shouldn't be able to vote, in my opinion, until you get some skin in the game. Yeah. You think about initially, originally, you had to be a landowner or a homeowner to vote. Right. And now they've changed that. But I would even I would even add because kids the the trend with with children is to hold them back so they're older. It's a lot a lot of it's sports related. Mm -hmm. But I would contend that you should be a high school graduate. So a lot of there are a lot of eighteen and nineteen year olds who are still in high school mm -hmm. here in Philadelphia and across the country. I think that you should have the equivalent of your GED or a high school diploma to be able to vote. Vivek Ramaswamy, I believe, is the one who mentioned, and if it, if it was somebody else, please somebody correct me, that you should have to pass some sort of civics, a basic civics test to be able to vote. I love that. I love that idea as well. Um, I am absolutely against lowering the age to vote, and I do think at 18, if you can go over and serve your country and step on a landmine and die, you should be able to hack off your genitals at 18. You should be able to do all this other stuff at 18 years old. But this is just, uh, to me, the desperation of Democrats. And then the second part of this, you, you talk about prisoners. Um, first of all, it's a state's issue, right? Like, I mean, certain states have different rules and different laws. But I think if you serve your time, you come out, you can vote upon reentry into society. I, I am totally fine with that. If you want to have certain extreme exceptions for, you know, violent extreme felons or anything like that, I'm, I'm okay with that. But the concept of voting while you're in prison, to me, is a little ridiculous. But I also don't know that that would actually go in Democrats' favor. And I don't know if that would play out long-term, not in their favor or short-term, because I say short-term from the Trump standpoint, I've got to believe, and by the way, this has nothing to do with people in jail based on any sort of identity politics, right? Like, you know, if people are just assuming, well, it's it's minorities. Well, what if you're going to let, let's just presumably say a conservative who's in jail, they're not voting Democrat if they're allowed to vote while being in prison. But I think there's this element of the, that the system is going after Trump and they're with the prosecutions and the persecutions. 
And I, I think a lot of people in jail, and look, I believe in personal accountability and responsibility. 99.99% of the time you're in there for a reason. Uh, the system didn't screw you over. Yes, occasionally there is that. That does happen. But I, they, I think the mindset of people in prison is that they've been unfairly railed against and the system has worked against them. I think those people might identify with Trump. If they're able to vote from prison thinking they got a raw deal, they might have sympathy for Trump and say, I think he's getting a raw deal. So I actually think that part, the second element, not the age, the, you know, the 16 thing, but the incarceration thing, I think that could backfire for Democrats. I really do. Because I think there are people out there that believe Trump's getting a raw deal. And there are certainly people sitting in the joint today that think they got a raw deal. I'm always suspicious that the reason they want to say, oh, we're going to have voting in prisons is because who's there to police that? Right. They can't, you know? they can't even police the the, 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 yeah. the inmates right? that are getting stabbed. Yeah, and that, and it's it's easy, it's easily bribable, too. Oh, yep. have, yeah. You have somebody come in and be like, hey, you want an early release? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> hey. Fill out this ballot. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. yeah this, Free cigarettes for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's, it's ripe for corruption. Yes. And fraud. I would agree. So uh, that's Ayanna Presley, and I think we've pretty much shot down both of those ideas. All right, 745, right on time, right on the dot, a Friday edition. Some say the best edition of What's <laughs> on the Cut Sheet. What's on the Cut Sheet? What's on the Cut Sheet on this Friday is brought to you by our good friends at Cherry Hill Volvo. Now is a great time because they need to clear their lot. They're un- they're undergoing a state of the art renovation and need to make room for construction vehicles. It's the best time to get over there. Check them out on Route 70 in Cherry Hill. Take advantage of their incredible sales and leaps and lease options. Route 70 in Cherry Hill, Cherry Hill Volvo, where relationships matter. All right, I'm going to start with what Dawn was talking about with. Vivek Ramaswamy on with um, uh, Laura Ingram last night, and yeah, she—I mean, she was pretty blunt about it. By the way, Fox News yesterday was just—if you watched uh, what's that? What's that noon show where they all—is that the Kaylee McEnany show? Yenter it up. I think it's the Kaylee McEnany show. Undis- no, uh, whatever. Harris Faulkner. Yeah, whatever. They, Out- outnumbered. They were basically all <laughs> saying they were basically all saying that like Vivek should drop out. Like they were really. Essing on him yesterday. Wow. Um, I think Dagan McCow called him something like, <laughs> which is a funny. She is funny. It's the he's he's the uh, he's your sister's boyfriend <laughs> that, <laughs> that you just want to get away from. Oh boy. <laughs> Who thinks he knows everything and you mm. just want to get away from? Yeah, he's Vivek's become pretty polarizing. Yeah. You either love him or you think he's a jerk. Yeah. Yeah. Um, very interesting. Okay, so he was on with... Uh, I'm going to cut 11 here, guys. Uh, he, he was on with Laura Ingram yesterday, and she was like, like basically saying to him, like, why don't you drop out, dude? Cut 11, guys. Go. We're almost out of time, but Vivek, it, given where things are in the polls, and, you're, and you pitched yourself as a realist and a common-sense conservative, and I think quite uh, effectively, just rhetorically and, and substantively, but you're trailing uh, DeSantis, Trump, and Nikki Haley. So I think her question to you right now would be, why don't you drop out? What, I mean, like, she should drop out. Why don't you drop out and endorse Trump? I mean, this was, this was different six weeks ago. My view is this. I'm also a very practical person, Laura. I'm talking to you from northern Iowa, where I came from Alabama earlier. One of the things we're seeing on the ground in Iowa, and this is practical reality, 
is many of my supporters are not traditional caucus goers. They're people who may come wearing Ron Paul shirts, many people on college campuses and otherwise. These people are not polled. If you come to the events, we've got three events today. These are crowd sizes that so, exceed so what the mainstream media the would tell you we're experiencing. I've been to the caucuses. Yes. I can't so even I think count a major how many surprise. Iowa caucuses I've been to. Oh, so you're quiet. saying tonight that there's going to be a groundswell of support for you at the Iowa yes. caucuses? There's going to be a groundswell and that's going to I'm propel you to a first or second place finish? It's going to shatter the expectations. I think we're going to shatter the expectations that have okay. been set for us. So I like where we sit. I like the mainstream media set expectations exactly where we want them. They have me polling in fourth. We're going to deliver a major surprise on January 15th. That actually helps me. And I think that's just the beginning of where we're heading in this race. Oh, God. <sighs> I say, I, I've been to the I've been to Iowa caucuses. I, I, I've been to the Iowa caucuses one time that I can count. Shut up! Shut up! <laughs> oh Sorry. God. Uh, Don, Don, you, I'll give you first crack. I know you mentioned this before the cut okay, sheet. Vivek, first of all, that's your opportunity to suck up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he doesn't go, like, come on, go f- just say, and Laura, that's why I respect you so much, because you know this inside and out. Mm-hmm. Vivek, that's what you needed to say there. Um, just suck up a little bit, because she'll love it. You got a stroke. <laughs> the ego. So uh, he mentioned six weeks. That's his timeline. He is banking. He's putting all of his chips on Iowa. He's bank, banking on the youth vote. I had Kathy Barnett. She was on, you know, um, she was she was actually from the South. So she's traveling with the campaign. They're working like dogs. Mm-hmm. But this is this is the timeline. So they're going to they're going to go till January 15th. They're in it until then. In mm-hmm. my humble, that's what I'm hearing. Okay. And so he's putting all of his chips here. They are on the ground. It's grassroots. And you think about, look at his team front and center. Think about Kathy Barnett, African-American, Christian, mom, very conservative. So they're going to uh, black churches, but they're going also for that youth vote. Kathy Barnett is, is a mom and her oldest is a teenager, right? So they're going for this teenage vote. They're in the churches and they're going for, they're trying to recruit different kinds of voters to come out. They're trying to energize that teen and youth vote and especially young males who don't feel represented. Look at um, Anthony Dorenzo and remember Daniel Valdez. Mm-hmm. They love the vague. Yeah, they do. They, the young, the young generation yep. absolutely does. You know, it's interesting. He's a walking soundbite. He's, tabloid material he's the headline getter yet the polls show the complete opposite he reminds me of guys that i used to work with multiple people um in the sports radio world that were always kind of creating drama and headlines and uh were covered by websites but they never got ratings it was it was a fascinating dynamic and i think with this guy is you either love him you hate him but he hasn't resonated in the polls. And I, I think that is very telling because I think ultimately he comes off, and I like him for the most part, he comes off a little too good to be true, a little too well-spoken. It's, it's, it's hard to believe that we're saying that. Like We ripped the Biden administration for being terrible public speakers, and then I'm sitting here doing the opposite with one of the best public speakers I've ever heard in Vivek Ramaswamy. But he comes off like the smartest guy in the room sometimes. Because I think he is. Well, and he is. There's no doubt. And he, but he also has a great way of. Americans, succ- go ahead. Americans don't like that. I'm sorry. No, you're right. They they don't like when they feel like you are hands down like the the brainiac prodigy child. 
That that does, never resonates with the common folk, and I think that's what's working against him right here. Well, the pop culture is that you don't want to be the brightest, that you're dumbing everything down. Right. And that you're, oh, I am a victim. I'm not that good. I'm <laughs> kind of lazy. I can't, you know, yeah. I can't, I want to zoom it I in. Mustache and beard. There, there it is. <laughs> we don't celebrate brilliance like that. I mean, we do, but yeah. I like, you know, I'm a fan. I like Vivek. I, I think he has an important role. And, you know, my sources within who are close to Trump say that Trump, the vague absolutely will be in the Trump cabinet. That's yeah. that will happen. You know, it's weird. I would tell DeSantis, I need a little more personality. I need less coached up. Just be you. And then with Vivek, I would be like, dude, dial back the Doogie Hauser thing a little bit. <laughs> just try to resonate with the common folk. Right. You know, and, and maybe he does to some extent. But it's like, dude, you're you're way over people's heads. Like you're it's like like when I do this show, I don't try to be the smartest guy in the room. I'm not trying to be like Mark Levin and read the Constitution. No, no disrespect to him or anybody that does deeper dives. But like, I'm trying to just do a show that resonates with the common person in morning drive, makes people laugh, keep people awake and tuned in. There's a market for smart people. I'm not saying there isn't. But like Vivek, it's like, dude, you where you have a thing in common with Trump. You're the outsider. But Trump does not try to tell, as a Penn Wharton grad, Trump could easily sit here and say how intelligent he is. But Trump resonates with the common folk. Why? Mm -hmm. He comes up with nicknames. He insults people. He's not trying to just tell you that he's Mr. 1520 on the SAT. I think people don't, uh, it just doesn't work with certain people. Yeah, he's the only business uh, business guy and, um, uh, you know, Wharton graduate that can speak like uh, a construction worker. And... I don't mean that in any sort of disrespect because no. um, I can't even – if I wasn't doing this job, I'd probably work at Wawa. You know what I mean? I could even hold a construction job. So, like, I, I, I'm I, not putting them down at all, but he does speak to the common person, the blue-collar mm-hmm. working person, like nobody I've ever seen in that position. Yep. Yep. I will say this, that if Vivek's wife – if Vivek were a Democrat mm. – his wife in particular, she would be on every magazine cover. She'd be on The View. She's 34 years young. They yep. have two young kids, ages three and one, and she is a, a surgeon. She's not just a doctor. She's a surgeon and cancer researcher. I don't know why Vivek Ramaswamy is not putting his wife out there. I mean, yeah. I know she's busy, and maybe a Apoorva um, doesn't want to right. do this. But I think she is an incredible asset. If to your point, if they were Democrats, they would be treated and covered oh like the Obama, like the Obamas. Yes, yes, and that's the difference. The meet now to the credit of the New York Times. I know right around um, Thanksgiving they did a cover piece on Dr. Apoorva Ramaswamy to their credit and and praised her and that sort of thing. But most media have not at all touched this. And you're exactly right. They would be saying this is the future. Barack and Michelle Obama, and look at how bright, and they would, the media would be just fawning over this young couple. By the way, how how brilliant are their kids? Think about that gene pool. <laughs> these, mm-hmm. these kids are going to be like the brightest kids. Yeah. But I just, I have to point that out. The media treatment of Ramaswamy mm-hmm. would be completely different, no and question. they would cover up for him and... Uh, you know, for for any oh, rough if edges. A, if he was a Democrat, he'd be the he'd oh, be yeah. branded as the future of American yep. politics. All right, let's uh, let's have a little fun here, shall we? Yeah. Uh-oh. Um, this is a person who identifies as trans. 
It's mail. It's been, been a few days since we've gone down the TikTok. Road. Go over to YouTube, youtube.com slash at 1210WPHT. If you're watching right now, please hit the like button. Also, if you have not done so, please hit the subscribe button if you want to see this individual. If not, we can describe it for you. We know, you know, you might be stuck in traffic, busy doing stuff. We can can't describe always, it for you, Michael, the radio dial. Can't always, can't always get to the YouTube uh, the the YouTube chat. I, I understand. So this person has a breakdown on TikTok uh, over being misgendered over the phone. <laughs> over the phone. Over the phone. Yeah, now listen to this person's voice and tell me. That if you're on the other end, I, I'm guilty of this all the time, and my wife says I have to stop. I'm like, yes, sir, no, sir, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. Like, you don't know if they're men or women on the other side. Just stop saying that. Mm-hmm. And I refuse to do it, which means I'm going to get canceled and fired one day, but it's fine. <laughs> uh, so th- this person literally goes to TikTok to have a mental breakdown over it. Cut seven, guys, go. You know what up right now? It's because I've been sobbing. I was just talking with customer support with my bank. I was calling about some bank stuff. Okay, all right. <laughs> can you just can you just put up the yeah. can you just put up the video? Or well, let's freeze frame it. Put up a, a like Jay Giles band. Listen to that. Uh, I was misgendered. That's uh. <laughs> so the bottom of the hair looks like some form of a dye of blue. Yep. And then it's like a tealish green into like almost a white yep. or a blonde. Yep. Um. By the way, I I think I have longer hair than you. This person you does. <laughs> and this is a guy. This is what well, 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 it's a. I I don't know. Okay. I have no idea. They 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 claim to be misgendered. They're okay. not a guy. Oh okay. Uh, they have to uh, correct the person on the other end, and mm. even when they correct them, they're still <laughs> misgendering this person, which makes them upset. Mm. I'm so confused. Aren't upset. You? Yeah. Um. Okay. Oh. Let me let's start this over, guys. I'll give you a second to uh, restart the video. Uh, and go. You know what up right now? It's because I've been sobbing. I was just talking with customer support with my bank. I was calling about some bank stuff. The lady, like, was super nice. So she called me Mr. Carter, which is, I mean, like, my voice is deep, I get it. I was like, oh, actually, it's Miss Carter. And she's like, oh, sorry. And then she just proceeded to call me Carter. <laughs> but she kept saying, sir. And it was accidental, and she'd correct herself. But at some point during the call, I just started sobbing. Because, oh. like, you know, the, the dysphoria's been a lot lately. I feel so bad, because she, she heard me sobbing. And she's like, I'm so sorry. I know how it feels, sir. I mean, ma'am. God. <laughs> I don't blame her at all. No. <laughs> I blame you. Uh, I can't tell in that video if he's crying or laughing. Crying. Okay, because it, it, it's you, you can, can see the, the tears, on but the it pillow. sounds like laughter. Like he's like giggling about it. Yeah, right. On the pillow, there's there's like tears. There's yeah. there's wet. At least I hope they're tears. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, don't so take a, don't take a black light to that pillow. So yeah. <laughs> So you wanted to go from Mr. Carter to Ms. Carter, and then you got called Sir. Yeah. And then you said the dysphoria has been a lot lately. Mm. So it's kind of like the uh, the uptick in the dysphoria. He's on a dysphoria swing. Yeah, I'm so tired of these individuals. It's not my can, fault, okay? This can, person is mentally ill. Of yes, course. Of they course. all are. He's, I mean, I can't, again, to, 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 to advertise the mental illness part, I, I can't forget the gender. I, I knew right from Jump Street he was a dude. But, I mean... He doesn't. I can't tell if he's laughing or crying. He's like the Joker. Yeah, especially with that hair. Yes. I mean, it's cast it's... him in a movie. <laughs> but Dawn, Dawn is correct. Like, if if you're sobbing over somebody misgendering you, 
when you clearly sound like a dude. Yeah. I, like get dude get help i'm yes. sorry like it, it's a cry for help well it's this yeah. it's this need to go to tiktok to validate your yeah. own right. beliefs i guess we're all kind of guilty of that in some regard right like i go to <laughs> to, to, to twitter i post something to validate blah 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 my political opinion a sports opinion a gambling pick the cocktail i'm having at a restaurant like we all do it but like these people are going to levels of which like you need medical yeah. treatment uh, some instant feedback here. Mike writes, glad I got smacked around as a kid. <laughs> smacked straight. That's what we should do. Bring that back as parents. R- uh, Roger uh, Roger writes, WTF, hell in a handbasket. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm telling you, if you are disagree. if you're a psychiatrist or a psychologist and you want to focus your entire practice on this trans breakdown mentally, uh, you can make a killing right now. I get, I, you know, look, I'm, my wife, she's not doing it because she, she doesn't want me to, you know, insult somebody. She's just concerned that I'm literally going to get in trouble one day because I, I say it all the time, especially on the phone. I'm like, mm-hmm. yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. I'm just trying to be polite. Yes. And I was, I was told to respect people and all yeah, that I- stuff. And she's like, you're going to, like somebody is going to call you out one day mm-hmm. and you're quasi famous enough to get, you know, in trouble yeah. for it. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's it's so ridiculous too because it's always, these people are triggered by the fact that strangers can't figure out exactly what they're all about in nine seconds. I've worked here for 15 months and I can tell you right now, there are some people in the hall that I pass I still don't know their name. Yeah. So I'm just hoping, like, hey, man, what's going on, dude? <laughs> like, right? So, like, I should probably know their name. But to, to make this the point here, this person has never met this banker. This banker has never met this person. They probably had a 13-minute phone call. And at some point in the middle of the phone call, it became too emotionally overwhelming for this guy because he got called sir. Get out of here. QJ on the YouTube chat writes, Jimmy Fallon got lots of heat for calling a transgender on his show, dude. Oh my god! Yeah. Oh my god! Well, Jimmy yeah. Fallon does use dude a lot. So do I. Yeah, <laughs> Fallon. But it's okay to scream out hateful, threatening, anti-Semitic remarks right, on right. a college campus. That's correct. That's fine. Yeah, wrong pronouns. That's abuse. <laughs> All right. Well, since we're going there, uh, let's go there, shall we? Mm-hmm. So uh, this I also pulled from TikTok. This is a coffee house in Oakland, California. It's called Farley's East. I'm not sure if you guys saw this or not. Okay. Uh, somebody was filmed denying a Jewish woman's access to a bathroom after she complained it was filled with anti-Semitic graffiti. Mm. So she went into a bathroom, uh, said there was anti-Semitic graffiti on there. Uh, they told her to basically leave, that she couldn't use another bathroom. Like, she she just get out. And uh, the person there says... Uh, you can't steal private property like in Israel. Wow. This is this is Oakland, California. Uh, thank God this was uh, all on video. Cut 12, guys. Go. Bathroom. We've given you all your food. I want to go you into the restroom. Also, currently, this is a private property. I, I want to go into the restroom. I do need you to leave. I know Israel loves taking private property and saying it's their own, but we got to head. Oh, my God. You're not going to let me go into the restroom? So I need you to leave. I wanted to go yeah. into the restroom. I need you to leave. Oh, my God. I was patching here, and I have a right to go into the restroom. And we have a right to go into the restroom. Yeah, but I need to go into the restroom.
I'm asking I, you. I'm the here, and okay. I need to go to the restroom. I'm finally asking you to leave. No, I will not be going to leave. All right, let me just stop this for one second. Just, just for context, yeah. those three individuals that you see visually there, yep. none of them are the lady that is being no, um, no. hated on. The lady who's being, uh, who's being denied access to the bathroom is filming. Okay. So the person with the blue hair and the mask and yes. the nose Wait, ring. was this during the pandemic? No, this no, is this, now. This is, yeah. This and is they're wearing, ma- wearing yeah. masks. Yeah. We're, all three of them wearing KN95 masks in November or December of 2023. Yeah, Nick, this, I don't even think they're KN95. They're like cloth-colored masks. Are, yeah, are they medical? Idiots. <laughs> masks on, hair dyed blue. The one girl's got a tattoo on her forehead, so you know she's not all there. Uh, <laughs> nose ring. <laughs> I love that. These people. Anti-Semitism <laughs> and blue hair. And all three of them just all, sitting all there denying this lady access because yeah. she goes into the first bathroom and there's anti-Semitic graffiti. So she would like to use another one, which I got to imagine there's at least one other toilet on the premises and she she's denied it. It's unbelievable. This place, just in case you're just tuning in right now at 804, uh, this is in Oakland, California coffee house, uh, Farley's East, it's called. Um, they are filmed denying a Jewish woman access to a bathroom. Guys, I'm going to restart it uh, back there. The boys in the back there. Uh, I'm going to restart it here and go. Bathroom. We've given you all your food. I want to go you into the restroom. Right. Also, currently, this is a private property. I, I want to go into the restroom. Yeah. I, I know Israel loves taking private property and saying it's their own, but we got to head. Oh, you're not going to let me you're go also into the restroom? Them, so I need you to leave. Please. I want you to go yeah. into the restroom. I need you to leave, please. I was patron here, and I have a right to go into the restroom. And we have a right and to go into the Yeah, but I need to go into the restroom. I'm asking you to leave. No, you need to let me go into the no, restroom. I don't. I don't. I'm asking I, you to leave. I'm a patron here, and okay. I need to go to the restroom. I'm finally asking you to leave. No, these I'm three. Going to I know. Leave. I'm finally asking you to leave. Barricading the doors. I know. No, I want to go into the restroom. That's fine. You can use our restroom. We have a restroom next door. It's a restroom. I want. I'm We're not, saying I should no. not be excluded and other people allowed. No. I want to go into the restroom. And what is standing here going to do? You're not going to let me into the restroom? We can use our other restroom. We have another no, restroom. I want to use this one. You're not. They're not letting you. All you, you have to get is a video of it saying that, and that Zionism is anti Why are you afraid? If you agree it's... with it, why are you afraid to take a picture of it? <laughs> oh, Ashley. Okay. Yeah, okay. Well, if you agree with it, why, why are you afraid of it? Then why are you not letting me in? Yeah. She's opening up the door. That is a uh, urinal and a toilet. Zionism equals fascism is what it says. Free Palestine. Yep. Free Palestine. Thank you. As always. Yeah. Great. Hey, this guy. Thank you yes. very much. Uh-huh. Thank you. Thank you very much. Oh, my God. This is unbelievable. This is and this is right there. This is oh, don't be stereotyping. This is the group right here wearing a mask, wearing yeah. those little. It's Oakland, California, so it's probably pretty warm out. The guy's got a beanie on. What is he? Uh, who's the guy from? Uh, uh, what was that show back in the? Uh, oh God, I'm drawing a blank. Where's my Joe Biden drop here? These people should be ashamed. Yeah, of they, they really should. Bl- you, Blossom, Blossom. That's you, the show. Can you imagine if any? If, if this was any other. If, if this was tra- trans, oh. a trans person, if this was a black person, oh my god! If this was a gay person, whatever, AOC would erupt. <laughs> I just, I'm like, it's unbelievable. It really is. I mean, but okay, to Greg's point. So let's just imagine that that let's just say that the the graffiti was 
uh, horrifying racist and KKK, something pro KKK or something. Yep. And this were an African American patron who's trying to use, you know, trying to use a different mm-hmm. rest. Like, just imagine that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Rich, Rich T on the YouTube chat says anti Israel and anti treadmill. <laughs> yes, they're well, all, that's they're, funny. They're all large. Yeah. They're, they're all large individuals. Yeah. Well, the one person's huge. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But I mean, but so the, and and by that I mean and blocking the the biggest person is blocking the door yeah. from this much smaller um, lady who's just trying to use her. Oh, what restaurant. would you expect from this area? This is uh, Oakland, California. This is the Bay Area. This is one of the woke capitals of the United States. Short of Portland, Oregon, in the Pacific Northwest, and you know some cities like Philadelphia, it doesn't. It, woke usually pretty much begins out in the Bay. But so, but what's the? If you zoom out, Nick, so what's the bigger picture here? That these individuals told us that they were sensitive, that they believed hate has no home here, mm-hmm. yeah. and that and that this should we should all be inclusive, yeah. diversity, equity, inclusion. Seems very exclusionary to me in that. Clip. Yeah. So what is? So. That's scary to me. They're all such frauds. They haven't thought this thing through, and I just can't wait for the pendulum to swing back more towards the center. They're frauds, but they have brainwashed a whole a yeah. whole lot of people. Yeah. And to me, this is... So, you know, think about in the past when you look at history and you say, oh, my God, this is really scary. How did those people... How did they end up like that? And how could they go along with fill in the blank? <laughs> yep. Here you go. Mike L. on YouTube writes, Oakland, California, they should have just gone outside and done her business on the street in yeah. front of the building. That would have been fine. <laughs> right. it's, you're absolutely right. <laughs> yes. You're absolutely oh, right. I mean, they do it in San Francisco, and <laughs> yeah. Oakland's far, far less quality of a life than San Fran. <laughs> like, like bridesmaids? Yeah, yeah. yes. Just like squat, yeah. and yeah. Or yeah. like the lady. Remember well, you show the lady on the airplane? On the airplane, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, God. Um, you couldn't pay me to You couldn't give me a mi- I wouldn't take a million-dollar radio salary to work in Oakland, California. Uh, JG says uh, the sad part uh, is that none of them could find Palestine on the map. Yeah. Oh, well put. Um, speaking of anti-Semitism, CARE. You know CARE? It's the uh, Council on American-Islamic Relations. The CARE director says that he was happy to witness October 7th attacks and that Israel does not have a right to self-defense. Oh, okay. That's a take. <laughs> breathe. I, I'm just. I don't know where. I. Yeah, this is scary. Like it's. We we, we hear about all these uh, phobias in this country, right? Yeah. I I never thought the anti-Semitism. And I obviously knew it was a thing. How could you not? Uh, but to, to the and it's not even the, the sheer volume. It's the the vocalization and the extent where they don't even dance around it. Yep. They just flat out hit you square in the face with it. They don't have a right to self-defense. Nihad Awad is the guy's name. That rhymes. I'm sure I'm mispronouncing it. He's the executive director and co-founder of CARE. He expressed his, his feelings on the terrorist attack on the 16th annual convention of Palestine in the U.S. on November 24th. It just made the rounds on social media yesterday. This is how that sounded. Cut six, guys, go. So I hope, unlike so many people who only woke up to October 7th, the people of Gaza have been aware and living every day of October 6th, 5th, 4, 3, 1, and September 31st, and, and all the way... September September 35th, huh? <laughs> Only decided to break the siege, the walls of the 
concentration camp on October 7th. And yes, I was happy to see people breaking the siege and throwing down the shackles of their own land and walk free into their land that they were not allowed to walk in. Yes, the people of Gaza have the right to self-defense, have the right to defend themselves. And yes, Israel as an occupying power wow. does not have that right to self-defense. Oh my God! So it's like, say, I'm gonna, Greg, I'm gonna come up to you and I'm gonna punch you in the head, uh, but you do not have a right to self-defense. What What was his name, by the way? Do you have it in that description again that you gave us before the clip? Nihad Awad. Yeah, he is an Awad. <laughs> All right. I'm sure. After I'm, hearing I'm that sure clip, I'm mispronouncing yeah, that. Yeah, he is an Awad. What a, What an ignorant I, comment! And then the people cheering. So let's 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 bundle this all together, right? It's yep. it's 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 groups like this. It's college campuses. It's what's happening in Oakland. It, it like this is all related. This is all you know. These people are being taught, whether it's in schools, on TikTok, on where wherever they're being taught this 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 nonsense, and it's become mainstream. Mm-hmm. And then you compound it by saying, like you just did, the way you bundled it, you have those on the left, the Ivy Leaguers, and then these individuals, yet it's the Democratic Party that is actually going to sit there and say, the Republican right-wing extremism and yep. racism and dictators and Trump. And, uh, oh, really? But you guys are putting a lot of it in the motion. So what happened? Uh, what what happened yesterday at the uh, at the Capitol is that some of the squad members, uh, Talib and Corey Bush, held a a Doctors for Ceasefire Now rally outside of the Capitol. So what they're doing? Let me just you know kind of explain this. Is they're 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 kind of putting this neat little bow on what's happening. It's like, well, we just we just want ceasefire. We don't want innocent people to die. Mm-hmm. That's all we're concerned about. Mm-hmm. And and but clouded underneath this is this 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 festering anti-Semitism that's yep, there. That's correct. So this is uh, Talib uh, saying that some people are weaponizing anti-Semitism to silence voices like hers. Mm, okay, they're, so they're the victims again. Cut three, guys, go. So the question is whether or not that it's way. This, I mean, look, there's no hierarchy who gets hated the most. Right. I'm tired of folks, you know, trying to say no, we're getting hurt more. Everyone gets hurt when we allow any form of hate to increase in our country. But what is really distressing is when, you know, Congresswoman Bush and I are called repugnant or uh, what is it? What is the other word? Disgraceful. Disgraceful for calling for a ceasefire, for people to use this moment to try to, uh, you know, in many ways, target women of color, myself as being a Palestinian American and others. for speaking the truth about what is happening on the ground. I mean, you heard it firsthand from doctors that tell you the reality of what's happening on the ground. Um, but it's very unfortunate. I want, you know, all those that, uh, you know, from college students to those in the workplace, I'm getting the calls of people being uh, pushed to silence, being bullied. Uh, some people weaponizing uh, anti-Semitism in a way to silence voices. All of that needs to stop. You know, Americans have a right to speak up. Americans have a right to, to the institutions they work at or the people that represent them to say, look, this is my opinion. I believe you should support X, Y, and Z. Uh, and again, we have to be able to make sure that as we look at all these forms of hate, that it is not being weaponized in a way to silence voices like myself and our, you know, many of the voices that are here. 
The squad Dems are such an unlikable faction of the Democratic Party. If I was a uh, consultant and I had no skin in the game, so to speak, I would tell all Democratic politicians to distance themselves from this uh, progressive, woke, radical faction. But, you know, Tlaib basically, you know, she, she buried herself when she posted that thing on Twitter uh, a few days after what transpired on October 7th. And I think that was up for that was up for close to a week. It mm-hmm. still might even be up, and we stopped talking about that story. Um, but she kind of did this to herself, which is fascinating because they go on the the attack. They don't condemn what happened to innocent Jewish people. And then when people speak out against their political views, they immediately pivot back and circle around to playing the victim card. They're the ones under attack now. It's so disingenuous too because they're like I said when I started this it's all under this like it's it's wrapped in this neatly tight you know tied bow that says oh we just want peace we just mm-hmm. want to we just want a ceasefire all right but they weren't none of them were saying that on october 7th no and like i get it i i understand you know what i mean like war is hell and it's never you know there's never a good time to go to go to war but you know what sometimes you have to mm-hmm. and sometimes there's going to be casualties and i hate to say that i sound cold by saying that but it's going to happen. It's called hard fact of life. And a ceasefire is not you don't you don't wage war and then say okay ceasefire like that's just not how yeah. that's not how it works. No, you can't be the instigator so, and then try to dictate what happens after that. And how much has you know how much is Israel uh, how much lead time did they give the citizens of Gaza to say get out? Yeah, we a- are going to bomb the living. Hell out of this place! Get 40, out of there. Forty-eight, seventy-two hours. Yeah, something like that. And by the way, there was a report yesterday that uh, one of the Gaza citizens says that it, you know, all the aid, you know, the the new talking point is is that they're denying aid and uh, basic human services to the uh, to the people of Gaza. Mm. And this woman basically said said that it's Hamas that's taking the aid and 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 and. You know, not letting the citizens have it. Oh yeah, we talked about this month, mm-hmm. uh, two months ago, when we talked about how many trucks the United States had. I think they had twelve trucks to come in to help with humanitarian efforts, and Hamas only allowed four in. Don't forget, this is a group that uses their own citizens as human shields. Yeah. So yeah. the fact that they're denying aid that shouldn't shock anybody. Um, you played uh, you played some of Sonny Hostin on uh, the Big Take this morning yep. at six ten. By the way, if you uh, if you didn't hear it, you should hit the rewind uh, uh, button on uh, the Odyssey app to listen to it. Uh, she, I have another clip from her um, as well. This might kind of tie into what you played earlier as well, but it, yeah, mm-hmm. it's eight eighteen. It's a new audience. Yeah, it's a day later. Uh, <laughs> um, Basically defending and saying, you know, what's happening on these uh, college campuses and everything like that. Saying, look, I've been the, I've been the subject of hateful comments too. Like, like it's apples and yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. Cut nine guys go. You know, I believe that intimidation and harassment of any group, of yeah. course, is hurtful and hateful. Yeah. I have been the subject. We have all been the subject of hateful comments, mm-hmm. one-on-one comments. Yeah. However. The law is the law. And I, you, you said something like it would never be allowed for any other group except for it shouldn't Jews. Be. Or yeah, shouldn't it shouldn't be. be. And, and, that is, and, and I'll tell you just very briefly, in, Brand, in a case called Brandon, Brandenburg, 
the court, the Supreme Court held that a Ku Klux Klan leader yep. could not be jailed for a speech stating that there might have to be some revenge taken for the continued suppression of the white Caucasian race. The court has protected uh, swastikas on, on public property. The court has protected uh, burning crosses. It's not crosses. the courts, it's the college codes of yes. here. I just want to say this was the most stunning congressional hearing I've possibly ever heard. Mm -hmm. I think every single one, these three presidents should resign for their lack of moral clarity at a time that is so moral fundamental. Yeah, no, they should resign. They absolutely should, from McGill to, to Gay to whoever's up at MIT. And I here's the way I would position this in a counter-rebuttal to, to Sonny Hostin. I would say, if we had people on college campuses calling for the genocide of African Americans, what would your what would your view be? Would you say this is necessary, that this is, well, if you're going to have these conversations, colleges are a great place to do so, as I played in the big take. Mm -hmm. If it was uh, Mexican-Americans, if it was Asian-Americans, uh, if it was African-Americans, if it was anybody in the LGBTQ plus community. So why, why are the Jewish people viewed differently? And why do smart people have to tell dumb people like me that, well, it's context-dependent, Nicholas? And it's very convenient, too. Like the These colleges are using the free speech uh, flag, waving it now. But, like, they never waved it for anything. Like, this is what they choose. This is the hill they choose to die on, mm -hmm. which is very telling to me. Yep. You know what I mean? Because you you don't support you know when it's when it's stuff that you don't agree with then all of a sudden the free speech thing kind of goes out the window mm -hmm. but with this it's like well you know we have to we, you know we have a, a code of conduct and uh, you know as long as it's not threatening or but violent or whatever that they have the right to say what they're going to say mm -hmm. but where like where's the consistency right and then i would also want to know then what are we looking at here on these college campuses is it code of conduct or is it the First Amendment? Because it seems like there were, they were arguing that there's a difference between what a school's code of conduct is. And I think that was one of the quotes. I, I threw my big take in the garbage. Um, but one of the individuals was talking about the, I guess, I forget the way they framed it, the what, what the policy and what the... Um, the the way these universities are going to operate ethically and morally yes. to to some extent. I'm going to play a clip that might have what you're okay. talking about in it. Uh, this is I think this is part or most of what you played this morning at yep. six ten. Uh, this is cut ten. Guys, go. Can I can I just weigh in here because um, you know I think this this. What uh, Elise Stefanik, the congresswoman, mm -hmm. was talking about and what this entire hearing was about should have been about free speech. And free speech, and although many people may feel uncomfortable with it, mm -hmm. the most hateful and heinous speech is the most protected speech. Okay. Campuses have not and been so, good for free speech so, in years. Well, so but but they have been. They can't and what Harvard actually has one of the worst but, records but what on you free have, speech. What you heard was them saying what is completely accurate under the law it depends on the context so if someone does yell at a crowd racial slurs or calls for genocide in a public place in a crowd that is protected speech one-on-one -on -one confrontation if a white student for example says to a black student a racial slur then it's then that is, is about the codes just, of can conduct. i just finish yeah, this it's not about moment, the law, 
But, but the codes of conduct must adhere to the law. So but it when it's when it's one when it's text students. No, it, it, it really can't go against the Constitution of the United States. So when we're talking about this one-on-one -on -one type of thing, yes, that is when that conduct leads to harassment and could be actionable by the university. And that's exactly what Harvard. But as it said, do you have to commit genocide to be able to condemn genocidal language? Like that's a that's a dangerous no, slippery slope. No, oh, yes, yeah. it is. But but again, use of that type of example is really inflammatory and it distorts but that's actual what, words being used what, on college campuses. It distorts what the law is. The law protects that kind of language. So and in my opinion, in my opinion, mm -hmm. college is the perfect place to have these sorts of uncomfortable conversations. Even the Jewish AC, students even don't the feel AC, comfortable even on Even the ACLU you. said that the Supreme Court cannot prevent speech that is likely to provide a hostile response. If, it I, said against this, if I said this about any other community on earth other than Jews, I would be canceled ten times to Sunday. Absolutely correct. Canceled yeah. ten ways to Sunday. Keep in mind, I mentioned in the big take, I think it was in the free press clip that I played, on some of these campuses, including Harvard, if you use the wrong pronouns... For somebody on campus, that is considered abuse. Yet we have to talk about the context, nuance, conversation of anything when it comes to Israel and Hamas and this hate speech that's going on. That 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 is the biggest hypocrisy of all. I really hope Virginia Fox, the Republican from North Carolina, who's uh, the head committee chair for uh, the House on Education and the Workforce, I really hope they hold the, these institutions and their feet to the fire. So apparently uh, Muggsy writes on Twitter that he's listening on the Odyssey app and could not hear the clip from AWOD. Interesting. Oh. Hmm. Well, you didn't miss much. He's an AWOD. Anyway. <laughs> I'll have to look into that. Yeah. yeah. Something on this radio station not working properly? The hell to you hell say. you say. Maybe they blocked it. Ah. Mm. Interesting. Interesting, Don Stenslin. Did, did did you hear it on YouTube? I'm asking everybody if they yeah. heard it on YouTube. Did yes. anybody hear it? Did yes. anybody hear it? Was it heard on 1210 WPHT? Were the YouTubers able to hear the AWOD? Yeah. I'm just interested to know if it was just the Odyssey app that it was not heard on, because that would be suspicious to me. Just saying. Dun, dun, dun. Right, Nick? Uh, yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah, maybe a little censorship. Uh, somebody thickens. just somebody just drop into the chat if you heard the AWOD clip, the the guy from Care on YouTube. Um, and also, if you're listening on 1210 WPHT, if you could either send me an email or send me a tweet uh, to let me know if you heard it. Yeah, yeah, they're saying they heard it on YouTube. Mm. Interesting. It's the same... F guys, mm. guys, it's the same feed. I'm going to have to start wait, wait, investigating Wait, 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 hang on. It's the same feed. The YouTube feed is the same feed as the... So... Could the app just be malfunctioning? It's weird. Interesting. Yeah, we've had app issues before, right? I smell conspiracy. I'm going to... Mm. I'm going to... I'm going to... Uh, we have the Law & Order theme music. Dun, 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 dun. I'm, I'm going to look into it. Mm. Interesting. All right, let's talk about the border. <laughs> Do we have to? Who's my or we got my orcas? Oh, yeah. my buddy, my uh, pal. He was asked if uh, if Joe Biden will visit the border. <laughs> um, and his answer is, is we need more money. <laughs> okay, it's like that. Uh, it's like your deadbeat son. Yeah, who who comes to you and is like, uh, are you gonna get a job? Like, no, well, I'm I'm going to, but I need just, just 
something tied me over. Yeah, till can I, I get a get twenty there. spot? <laughs> till I get there, yeah. uh, my orcas cut one guy's go. This also, though, from Katie Hobbs, the governor of Arizona, just this week. Listen. We need the federal government to act and provide more resources, and we've been very clear about that uh, consistently. This is a bad decision that impacts our border security. Um, it hurts our economy because it's uh, uh, putting a damper on trade and tourism. She's a Democrat. Also, a letter to the White House from five Democratic mayors of Denver, New York, Los Angeles, Chicago and Houston saying they need resources far beyond the 14 billion that the president proposed in the supplemental. Will the president be going back to the border, the southern border, to see more of the crisis with his own eyes? Poppy, what these governors um, are, are speaking of is precisely what the president has sought to address and why we need uh, Congress uh, to act. We do indeed need additional resources. The Department <laughs> of Homeland Security needs additional resources. The Department of Justice for additional immigration judges. The State Department uh, for appropriate funding of our refugee programs and the efforts that we have in the international uh, arena. So we need Congress to act. We have sought additional funding, not just for the federal government, but for these cities to be able to deal with what is an unprecedented situation, not just domestically, but internationally. And Mr. Yeah, I don't know what good extra resources and funding will do when your game plan and strategy is basically to have the floodgates open and allow people to come in left and right. Which, by the way, that, that clip you played a few days ago with all of those grown adults just standing there in line, um, that's a full-fledged invasion. I mean, that is... Yes. Um, Fetterman, by the way, with a, with a great comment, again, this is actually getting scary, John Fetterman said something to the effect yesterday that the number was 270,000 uh, individuals coming across. I'm not sure what time frame he was looking at, but the number was 270,000. And he said that that's basically the population of Pittsburgh. And obviously Fetterman would know, having been out in Braddock, PA, and out in western Pennsylvania. I don't know. If, as Fetterman continues to heal from his stroke, he's, he's making a lot of sense lately. Isn't that amazing? It really is. Gonna, the Dems are eventually going to say, dude, you got to stop talking. So apparently, they uh, e- even on 1210 air, you could barely hear that clip. Oh. Interesting. I don't know why. We are, we all heard it here yeah. in the studio. Yeah, I Very did. odd. Okay. Very odd. And I can tell on the... Uh, Looking at the uh, the trending on uh, on the uh, app, mm-hmm. you can see a dip. So oh. people are like <laughs> turning it off oh, and trying boy. to turn it back on. Probably okay. Sorry about that. I don't know. I, I don't know what happened. All right, sticking with the border. Cut five here. Kareem Jean Pierre uh, uh, talking about the border uh, the border crisis and blames Republicans. Cut five. Guys, go. You know, Republicans uh, talk about. Uh, immigration reform. They talk about border security. Uh, the president, you know, on day one, the president put forth an immigration policy, right? He put put forth a comprehensive immigration legislation to start that conversation, essentially to start negotiating on day one. It's been three years and they have not been moving forward in good faith. They have not been trying to get to a solution in good faith. The system is broken. We want to find real solutions. The president said yesterday he, he's, re- he's willing to have a serious conversation about this. But they, they, where's the good faith? Mm. 
Well, I think the policy from day one has been, come one, come all. We are open and we have vacancies. You always blame the Republicans, always blame Trump. It's fascinating that you talk about the system being broken and the immigration policies being broken. The numbers were far more respectable under Donald Trump. I mean, you look at those numbers and you would say, all right, I would still like it to be lower. But then you compare it to the Biden administration and you're like, wait, you're going to blame this on the Trump administration? Hmm. Okay. Uh, President, former President Donald Trump was uh, in a courtroom in New York yesterday. Uh, real uh, quick update. Uh, we, Dorenzo says we have callers that have said that they've called in and said they could barely hear it on the air, too. Oh, boy. So I don't know what that was about. Maureen writes, was listening on Odyssey and the clip didn't play. Hmm. I think you're working overtime today, pal. So much for that early exit. So much for an easy Friday. Fridays are never easy. What the hell are you talking about? Okay. We don't all get to go home and take a nap. I thought, you, Nick I Kale. thought maybe you dipped out a little no. early on Friday. Are you kidding? Oh. I'll be thinking about you in my sleep. Oh, God. I hate you. I'll make you start doing a blog or something to keep you working. <laughs> Not the best thing to say to your boss, by the way. <laughs> Just say it. A little career advice there. Um, <laughs> President Donald, uh, former President Trump was in a. Uh, was in a courtroom yesterday. He held a little uh, press conference after uh, he exited the courtroom, and this is what he said. Cut four guys, go. Absolutely no fraud, accounting fraud of any kind. Uh, This is a highly respected man. I don't know him, but he's an expert witness, and he found no fraud whatsoever. He found no accounting fraud whatsoever. And like everyone else, he said, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? This is a political witch hunt. This is meant to influence an election. This also comes from the White House. This is not just a state matter. But this expert witness, highly respected by everybody, with a resume that few people have ever seen before, said there was no fraud, there was no accounting fraud. There was nothing. And this is what we're doing here while people are being murdered right outside on the sidewalks and the streets of New York, while people are experiencing horrible, violent crime at levels that nobody's ever seen in the city before. This is what the Attorney General is spending all the time on. Yeah, he's talking about uh, this guy, Eli Bartov, who testified that Trump's financial statements did not violate accounting principles and suggested that anything problematic, like a huge year-to-year leap in the estimated value of his Trump Tower penthouse, was simply an error. He goes on to say, quote, My main finding is that there is no evidence whatsoever of any accounting fraud. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much what transpired yesterday. So a big win for uh, Trump on the civil front. Yeah, and this this case, obviously, Letitia James, that's who he's referring to, goes back to financial dealings as far back as 2011, 2014, which is why some things had to be thrown out because it's a civil case and some of them reach their statute of limitations. But the appellate courts seem to keep going in his favor every time it goes to an outside court an mm-hmm. appellate court right. i just have to wonder and I, I wonder if this case ultimately makes its way up to the supreme court of the united states of america and based on the claims that you know he's an active candidate campaign fine or campaign interference and that sort of thing mm-hmm. to me this is just obnoxious this is one of the most all of them in total 
obnoxious, but this one in particular. Yeah. Clearly, she camp- Letitia James campaigned on this. Yeah. Promised, I'm going to get him. Right. Well, so did Bragg. They all did it. They all they've, they've had they've had a vested interest since 2020 or 2019 when these uh, these AGs or these district attorneys in certain um, uh, municipalities ran for office. And the fact that they're I just think there's a chilling effect here. It sets a precedence that these individuals based on your politics and we've seen this, this come out multiple times in New York City. The other one, who did you start out this week? Thomas Massey. Am I correct, Thomas? Thomas Massey from... Um... That's another one where because of, like, this is that, that's all coming out of New York and Manhattan. Right. And so these cases are going after you, persecuting you because of your political views. Right. But then if Trump gets reelected and goes after anybody that went after him, then it's, you know, so it's, it's, it's once again the selective application of when it's okay to, to weaponize the justice system and when it's not and when it's taking advantage of it. And think about it, though. If you're a business person in New York City or in the nation and you're a business and you have supported conservatives, maybe you've donated to them and they decide they don't like you. This is how they take you down. Look at what the look at what our our government's doing to Elon Musk right now with, um, you know, they they wanted to see his books. They went after Tesla. I mean, as soon as Elon Musk restores free speech, all of a sudden he's got seven different ways that people are from the government are coming after him. I'm sure it's just purely coincidental timing. Uh, as we mentioned earlier, uh, Representative Jamal Bowman from the squad uh, was censured uh, yesterday. Uh, AOC took to the floor to defend him. <laughs> oh, is this where she cries racism? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> of course. She, she compares pulling the fire alarm to jaywalking. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, my God. You can't make this stuff yep. up. Cut two guys. Go. Mr. Chair, I think the Republican side of the aisle made the case quite clearly today as to why we should not vote for censure. Uh, Right now, you can tell how weak their arguments are because they are grasping for straws, trying to do their best My Cousin Vinny impersonation as to breaking down what happened here with a fire alarm. Jamal Bowman has more courage Uh in his pinky finger than the entire Republican Party put together, more integrity than the entire Republican Party put together. And that's exactly why they're moving to censure him today. Let me tell you what's actually going on. New York Republicans are so embarrassed that they propped up George Santos, got him elected to office, and then had to turn around and vote to expel him, that they want to distract the entire world from their massive embarrassment. New York Republicans are so embarrassed that they have not accomplished a damn thing for New Yorkers this entire year that they have to find a distraction. So they've decided to target one of the first black men to ever represent Westchester County in the United States Congress for censure. That is what today is about. And New York Republicans are so unfocused and so unable to make people's lives better that they've decided to bully their colleague. That's what today is about. They're wasting our time. They're wasting the country's time over some petty, what rises to censure 
I mean, truly, these arguments that are being made here, what's next? Jaywalking? Do you want to get us for, for jaywalking? For not crossing the street yes, correctly? Mm. Is that nonsense. what you're going to raise for like Centra next? But... This is truly ridiculous. Yeah, it's beneath the character yeah. of the House, and it is beneath the stature and the status of what rises to consideration before this mm. body. And with that, I yield back. Yeah. Poor Riley. So, yeah. Sit there and... Her fiance? <laughs> yeah, listen to... Hostage listen, video coming title. Listen to all of <laughs> Listen to all that. Like, yes, honey, you're right. Yeah, oh, yes, yes, honey, you're right. Can we go to bed? Oh, yes, yes, honey, you're right. Yes, yes. I, yes. <laughs> no, okay. Riley. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. So, well, guys, once again, spinning the victim card here, it was Jamal Bowman that pulls a fire alarm to delay a vote to extend more time and then denies it, double down, triple down. Heck, I think he even quadrupled down. And now it's, uh, well, Republicans can't get anything accomplished. So let's, uh, let's censure one of the black men in Congress. Okay. That's what you got, AOC. <laughs> nice dress, by the way, though. She did mention a My Cousin Vinny moment, though, so I give her a point for that. I just, like, oh, God. <laughs> it's like the, you know, we talk about Vivek and being like the like that. It's just every. Yeah. So she gets. Every I mean, woman in college or girl in college that I knew, these lectures they had to sit through just to, yeah. you know, get a little action. You know, in New York, <laughs> in New York City, because they have more than 100,000 illegal folks there, um, illegal migrants there. I hope people like AOC get primaried ultimately and booted mm-hmm. uh, because... Yeah, what has she done for her community? Nothing. And they're very upset. Uh-huh. So, yeah. and this is affecting on so many different levels, but yeah. this winter, it's going to be a tough winter. You got, yep. you got think of 100,000 people mm-hmm. and they're all over the streets and yep. excrement. It's a disaster. She, well, she defunded the police in her district, yet what was the number? I think it was over 500 grand on private security. Well, for that, her. That, that, for her. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Safety for me, but not for thee. By the way, uh, Johnny Z, who, uh, who, Love Johnny Z. who owns the uh, Mulligan Shore Bar down there in Wildwood, he was listening and he said he heard the AWOD, the. AWOD. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, just fine on the Alexa. On, on the Alexa. Mm. So. Okay. Interesting. Little tip. Yeah. Little tip there. Hey, Alexa. All right. We Play should... AWOD. All right. We should. <laughs> We should break. All right. Coming up next, we'll get to Dawn's Big Three at 8. And then I also have a very, very telling study that reveals child mask mandates for COVID-19 did not do a darn thing. Back after this, Kale & Company, Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel in partnership with Valley Forge Casino. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. So like I said, I'm riding with the Philadelphia Eagles, your Philadelphia Eagles, for this Sunday night against the Dallas Cowboys. Punk down $5 if you're a new customer, and you can win $150 uh, when the Eagles win. By the way, twenty. I, I'm going to go 30-27 for my pick for uh, Sunday. Uh, I love the FanDuel app. You can bet on everything from spreads to player props, over-unders, and so much more. Go to FanDuel.com slash Greg. FanDuel.com slash Greg right now to sign up. FanDuel Sportsbook is the official partner of 1210 WPHD and the NFL. 21 and over. President of PA. First online real money wager. Only $5 pregame money line. Wager required. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issue does not withdrawable. Bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms of sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
This is the Kale and Company Podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHD and on the free Odyssey app. Oh, I can't wait for Southern Italy this spring. I hope you join me. We're going to discover these amazing sites, Southern Italy, with my friends from Conservative Tours, and nobody does it better. The Amalfi Coast, Positano, Sorrento, and yes, the iconic Isle of Capri. These are some of the most breathtaking, beautiful places on the planet. The Abbey of Monte Cassino, Pompeii, Rome, all while enjoying a gastronomical event for 12 days of touring. Olive oil production, a mozzarella farm, and yeah, the wineries, the tasting sessions. The group dining events they're known for are legendary. 5267 includes your nonstop airfare and while supplies last, I think we're down to the last Maybe we have two spots left. I have to check in with Ken Chase. You can just go to conservativetours.com. You want to do this. You want to do this today because, I don't know, as of last night, I I thought it was booked up, so maybe there are two more spots. Conservativetours.com, 888-733-9494. Of course, Puglia, Italy's best-kept secret. We're going to find out together why so many Italians take their vacations in Puglia, which is authentically Italian. Thank you to so many of you as we're 99.9% booked on this amazing event. And I can't wait to celebrate this with you. Conservativetours.com. I'm honored. I'm honored that you went, that you've already booked this. So a couple spots left. Conservativetours.com. Start your day with Kale and Company. Weekday mornings 6 till 10 on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and the free Odyssey app.